And welcome back to another episode of Too Much Podtar. As today is April 3rd, and I'm going to be continuing our This Day in Baseball History series. And today I'm doing it solo, so just going to be a shorter episode probably as I just run through these things that happened on this day. That's gone. George Brett has just homered, and Billy Martin and the Yankees want the bat. Look at Martin. Well, what you're talking about, Frank, is that he's got too much Potter. <laughs> way, way too much Potter. And the first really notable thing that happened uh, was back in 2011. Ian Kinsler and Nelson Cruz, both members of the Rangers, they became the first pair of players to homer in each of their first three games in a season first pair of teammates to do that so and they ended up sweeping the Red Sox in their opening series in that but yeah the first first pair of teammates to hit a homer each of their first three games so that's pretty impressive to do that and then the Rangers that year obviously ended up going as we had that live stream actually of the Rangers and Cardinals in the World Series they ended up going to the World Series but Eventually, he ended up losing in Game 7 as we streamed the Game 6 game on Twitter about, what was it, a week ago, two weeks ago or something. So, yeah, they ended up losing that game, that game, the next game, next night, Game 7, the Cardinals won. But, yeah, they ended up having a really good season even though they lost in the World Series. But, yeah, now the Rangers are hoping to get back back to go on another playoff run soon. I mean, obviously they're in the tough division. They got the Astros in there. They got the A's in there. Who's going to be, who, who are going to be tough. Angels got better. So it's going to be tough, but they can definitely, I think they're going to be like, they're not going to be anything. If, if we do have a season this year, I don't think they're going to go on a run, much of a run, but I think they could be good in a few years. I think they can do something. They have some young guys there that end up coming up and, doing some things so they're not bad I don't think they're I think they're gonna be good in a few years and then we go back to 2010 uh, the Blue Jays agreed to a four-year contract with Adam Lind 18 million and he hit uh, he had hit 305 with 35 bombs and 114 RBIs the previous season and then over the four-year contract, he ended up doing he not he didn't do terrible. Um, he played actually played in 150 games the first year of the contract, which was the most he played over that over the contract. And he that year he did hit 237, but every other year he hit he hit at least 251. He hit 26 bombs in 2011, which is his most over the four years, and drove in 87 runs also that year, which was the most over the over the contract. Uh, and then 2012, 2014, 2014 was the last year of his contract, but he only played 96 games. 2012, he played 93. So, you know, he kind of missed some games there. He, sh- he didn't play as much, but the other years he played at least 125 games. So he was pretty durable. But then after the contract, he ended up going over to uh, the Brewers and then Seattle for one year and then the Nationals for one year in 2017, which was <clears throat> the last year he did end up playing in the in the majors because actually, well, he was with the, actually 
he did split, ended up splitting time. He signed with the, in 2018, he was with the Red Sox and Yankees in their minor league systems, but hasn't, he didn't, wasn't even in the majors at all last year. He didn't, I think he retired last year, so he's not around anymore, but yeah, he wasn't too bad. He wasn't terrible with the Blue Jays. He was pretty, he was, he gave him solid durability for a few of those years and didn't, he gave up, he put up decent production, so it wasn't terrible. Um, and then the year before, 2009, uh, both the Yankees and Mets opened their new stadiums. The Mets, obviously, with City Field, the Yankees with the new Yankee Stadium, and they both ended up winning in their <clears throat> their new stadium uh, inauguration. So it's a pretty good opening for both of them. And then, obviously, that was the year that the Yankees won their 27th World Series championship. So it's definitely a good opening year for them. And, you know, the Mets haven't been able to win a World Series, but they did make it to the World Series in 2015, losing to the Royals. But, yeah, that was all their only time they've been to the World Series since the new stadium opened. And, <clears throat> you know, they, they've always had this like, the same kind of uh, curse, if you want to call it. They've been kind of cursed with a bunch of injuries over the last few years. They've seemed like they're good on paper. They have like, a, they have a solid pitching staff, but then they always seem like they have at least a couple injuries to that pitching staff. So it's, it's tough for them. Even as a Yankees fan, I, I root for them to do good. I don't like want them to lose, do bad. I want to see them do good. They're, they're not really a rival as much as Mets fans say that the Yankees Mets is a rivalry. It's not there. It's really not. They just, <clears throat> they just hate to love us for some reason, just because we have, just because the Yankees have, um, have had success and the Mets haven't had as much success. Obviously, they they just kind of hate on it. <clears throat> they hate us because they ain't us. I guess that's all it is. Yep, they hate us because they ain't us. Also, <clears throat> and also that was the same year that the Mets signed Gary Sheffield. Uh, the same day on this, obviously on this day, they signed Gary Sheffield who was released by the Tigers unexpectedly. He had st he still had $14 million left on his contract when they released him, so it's kind of surprising to see something like that happen. But he then the Mets ended up signing him, and he that's where he finished his career. And he had, you know, he played 100 games that year. He, was, he put up 10 more home runs to cross his – the 500 home run mark, career home run mark. So he ended up finishing up for the 509. Hit 276 that year, so it wasn't terrible. He had pretty good. He's had a solid year there. Finished it off, and uh, you know he finished finished with 16. I mean, 1,676 career RBIs as well. 292 career batting average. So it's pretty solid. 22 year, year career. He played with. After he played with the Brewers, uh, started with the Brewers, and then went over the Padres for two seasons, or had what, a season and a half, then went to the Marlins, then the Dodgers for three and a half seasons, then and it was with the Marlins for one, five seasons, or five and a half, I mean. <clears throat> and then he went, after the Dodgers, he went to the, the Braves for two years, or basically a year and a half. And then went to the Yankees for three. Well, at the, his last year with them, he only played 25 games, so it was a shorter. Oh, no, not 25. Yeah. Braves, he's, uh, he was there for two years. And then the Yankees, he was there for pretty much three years. 
39 games only played, and actually the 2006, and then then he went to the Tigers for those two years before he got released by them, and then to the Mets, and pretty solid year. Pre, I mean, pretty solid career. It wasn't too it was it was pretty solid. Obviously, with 500 home runs for his career, and and he made eight All Star games. And he won, you know, he won the World Series with the Marlins in 1997. So he was able to accomplish that, get the world, get a ring. That was only one, but he's obviously it's that's all that matters. Getting at least getting one in your career is it's what that's the goal is at least getting one. If you get one, that's uh, that's still solid. You get get a ring. That's that's the what that's what it all comes down to. That's all everybody's goal is to get a get a World Series ring. <clears throat> um. But then the year before, I also just to add that he was signed to just the major league minimum by the Mets. <clears throat> so yeah, but and then 2008, the year before that, uh, was when the Reds, the Reds had the the uh, debut of Johnny Cueto. He made his debut and struck a, had a great performance, striking out ten batters in seven innings. As the Reds ended up beating the Diamondbacks three to two, and it was he struck he was he struck out eight of the first thirteen batters he faced, so that was impressive. And you know, Cueto's been having a he's had a pretty solid uh, career, and now he's with the Giants still. I think I believe he's still with the Giants. Yeah, he's still with the Giants now. <clears throat> And I would kind of expect him probably to be traded at if there is a trade deadline, if there is a season at all. He's, but I think he, there would be somebody that the Giants would want to trade at the deadline because obviously he's a little bit older. He's thirty four. Giants are going to be rebuilding, so they're probably going to end up wanting to move from his contract. So I think that'll be somebody they look to move at the trade deadline this year. If there is one, if there is a year, if there is anything, but we don't we don't know anything at all. So it's going to be tough. I hope we get a season. Hopefully. And even if there is a season, I don't know when the trade deadline is going to be. If it'll be like in August this year or whatever, I don't know. We'll just have to see. Wait, but yeah, that's it's tough. But uh, let's go a couple years before that. As we go to two thousand six, that was when the. Was when the Mets Network SNY uh, debuted in the regular season and its first broadcast in the regular season, and they actually ended up uh, experiencing technical difficulties in the third inning of that of that game, which the Mets ended up winning three three to two, but they experienced technical difficulties and. But I mean, now it's still around. I mean, they're still they're doing good now. That network, whatever. both. That network and the Yes Network for the Yankees is they're both definitely really solid networks for for both teams. Um, and also that same year was first Japanese-born catcher to start a major league game uh, when with the, as Kenji jo, Johima. Hopefully, I didn't butcher his name, but he. He started with the Mariners as at 30 years old, and he he actually homered in his debut against the Angels. So solid debut for him, and it was 
it's awesome for obviously Japanese for Japan and so it's definitely cool to see for other <clears throat> other countries players to be making to be playing in this great sport of baseball. Um, and at 2005, we have uh, we had the first major leaguer to be publicly identified under base, under baseball's new steroid po- policy as the Rays outfielder ended up receiving a 10-day suspension for testing positive for steroids, which nowadays 10 days is not – that's really that's really short. Like he – only 10 days. Now if you test positive, you get at least 80 games. Uh, <clears throat> so definitely a change there now. It's been a lot more strict. Um, and then we go to 2002. Barry Bonds, speaking of steroids, obviously he was he was um, he was, he's obviously involved with steroids and all that stuff. But 2002, he became the second player in history to begin a season with consecutive two home run games, as he joined Eddie Matthews, who did it in 1958. So definitely good company there for Bonds and. Bonds does belong in the Hall of Fame. I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. Hopefully he gets voted in this year. And we'll have to see, but hopefully he does. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He's a Hall of Famer even without steroids. I mean, yeah, even without steroids, he was a really solid player, so it didn't have an impact on his numbers. I mean, did a little bit, but he's still, before the steroids, he was a solid player. He was probably the best player of all time, so... He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame as long, along with Roger Clemens. So that's a story. F- that's a, an argument for another day. But uh, and then we go to 19, 1990. It's actually kind of a funny one. Um, Billy Hatcher of the Pirates. He was actually <clears throat> in the delivery room waiting for his pregnant wife to give birth. And he got a call on his phone. And he gets he picks up the phone, and it's Pirates manager Jim Leland. And Leland tells him that he's been traded. And he doesn't, he doesn't ask what team. He doesn't even know what team it is. And then his daughter's born. And when he gets, when he's at home, he gets a call from the uh, general manager of the Reds, Bob Quinn, and welcoming to the Reds. So it's kind of kind of a weird situation there. He doesn't even, he gets a call from Jim Leland telling him he's been traded, but he doesn't even know what team. Doesn't tell him what team he's been traded to. Didn't Hatcher didn't even ask. But then later he gets home after his wife gives birth, and then he gets a call from the, his new his new GM, which it's a little bit of a crazy situation there. As yeah, the middle of watching your baby being born and end up getting traded. So definitely crazy. And 1989, we got a special debut as Ken Griffey Jr. He made his debut at 19 years old. And obviously he was the son of Ken Griffey who played Played with the red, played with the Reds, and was still active as in, on the Reds. And obviously, Griffey Junior, as everybody calls him, he wound up having a 
amazing career. And that started off his debut, and he, <clears throat> in his first at bat, he actually had a double off Dave Stewart. And, you know, that was a great start to his career to get a get off to such a hot start, getting a hit on his, in his first at bat. So definitely a sign of things to come. And now he's obviously he's in the Hall of Fame. So, yeah, this is a special day as we look back on Ken Griffey Jr. making his debut. But yeah, this is always it's always fun with these episodes to look back on. You know, it's the plus side, plus side of of not having any real any new baseball at the time. It's looking back at history. It's I love baseball history. Baseball history is the one. It's one of the. It's like the sport that has the most history. The the most crazy things has been some crazy things we've seen as we done these episodes looking back and. Finding these different things that are happening, like players being traded for stadiums and stuff like that. But yeah, and it's also awesome to see some of the look back on these debuts of player of some of the all time great players. And then we go to nineteen eighty seven. Uh, the Cubs traded Dennis Eckersley, who was a starter at the time, and minor leaguer Dan Ron to the A's for three minor leaguers. And then and Eckersley, he turned ended up turning into one of the best relievers of in the game. He saved three hundred twenty games during his nine years with that with the A's. So yeah, it was kind of a fail. He's another one of those guys, failed starter. He you now he tried him as a starter, and the Cubs they didn't they wanted to move on from him. He wasn't doing good as a starter, and they they moved on from him. And then he turns into a reliever, and obviously one of the most dominant ones. So it's crazy. Some a lot of these pitchers still get them nowadays too. That they just they start out as a starter and then they just fail as that. That so we've seen a lot of them over the years. You know, uh, Dylan Batances was one with the Yankees. He was he was a starter at first, and and then he ended up being a dominant reliever, and he was one of their. Most reliable during his tenure with them. Now he's with the Mets, signed with them over the offseason. But yeah, he was definitely a definitely a really solid reliever. He's been he's been a solid reliever. Um, yeah, I guess just a lot of a lot of pitchers are just more they're just better as relievers. I just something about it. I don't know. I guess they just can't last that many innings. It's I think another one with the. Uh, Talk about my team, the Yankees. Um, obviously, I could talk about the Yankees. Like you know, Johnny's always mentioned the Twins, so I'm allowed to talk about the Yankees. But anyway, um, yeah, with the Yankees too. Another one I I can give an example for is uh, Jonathan Lewisaga, right? As the current team, you know, the Yankees have tried him as a starter before. I think he's he's better. His stuff fits better in the bullpen, or even as an opener, just pitching a couple innings to start off the game. You know, I think that's he's better suited for that for sure. So I think that's another example. But you know, been going back to this day, uh, we go back 1985. Uh, the owner's proposal of expanding the the league championship series to a best of Simon, best of Simon, best of Simon, 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 Simeon, seven, best Kevin, best of seven. I was trying to say Marcus Simeon there, but yeah. 
the best of seven, they agreed to the players association. Players association agreed to extending that to a best of seven instead of just best of five, which it started out as in 1969 when they divided into divisions. And in 1984, a year before that, um, Barbaro Garby became the first Cuban refugee to play in the majors, on, and he made his debut on opening day. And he he was a pinch hitter in the seventh inning of the game, stayed in the game to play first, and Tigers won that game 8-1. to one. And there's a couple of trades. That's not really anything notable. Not, not too notable. But 1974, Indians trade traded Pedro Guerrero to the Dodgers for pitcher Bruce Ellingson. And Pedro Guerrero was 17 years old only at the time. He ended up hitting 309 and was named to the All Star team five times during his 11 seasons with the. Dodgers, <clears throat> so definitely a pretty solid year, career, 11 years with them, but not really too notable of a trade, wasn't anything crazy, um, Indian, and then 10 years before that, 1974, oh sorry, that was that was 1974, uh, five years before that, 1969, the Phillies traded first baseman Bill White to the Cardinals for, for infielder Jerry Buchik and Jim Hudo, who was a utility player, uh, White, White ended up retiring after just one year at the Cardinals. And he ended up becoming the president of the National League after he was after being a broadcaster with the Yankees. And another trade, but the year before that, 1968, the Tigers traded lefty Hank Aguirre to the Dodgers for a player to be named later, who ended up t- turning into who ended up being Fred Mulder. Um and Aguirre. Ended up striking out 61%. Wait. Oh, actually, his batting career was more notable. Like, he, he was actually being known, more known than pitching for being the worst hitter in the majors ever. He had a 8 point, .085 batting average during his 16-year career, and he struck out at a 61% rate of his 388 at-bats. Struck at 61% of his 388 bats. I mean, as a pitcher, it's not really that crazy, but still, still having sub 100 batting average. But yeah, that's really nothing. There's nothing else really that, that big for this year. Um, there's, yeah, it wasn't really. There wasn't really too many things that happened, how many big things that happened this day in history. But yeah, we, just, we looked back on that day, April 3rd. Obviously, the biggest thing was Ken Griffey Jr. making his debut for the Mariners, and we all know who that, how that turned out. That was the big, probably the biggest thing of the day. So yeah, that's that's April 3rd, and we'll be attending this, this series every day until hopefully we get baseball back this year. And if not, we'll be continuing these kind of mini episodes doing, trying to find content 
probably doing these episodes as we fill the content because there's really nothing else to do except look back on time, look back at history, look at back at these cool things as we do this. And we also do these, been doing these what if articles for the Scorecrow. And you could find Johnny's first two parts of his what if the 1994 season didn't end, in, didn't end um, with that strike. Wasn't cut short, and he has the fir- uh, the first two. He has the AL side and the NL side, and then he's going to be doing his he's doing his World Series side too. So he'll be finishing that up soon to get that out, and I'll be just working on my Babe Ruth one for that. And yeah, those would be we'll probably be doing a bunch of those because we have nothing else really to do to talk about. There's nothing else really going on except looking back in time, looking back in history, like I said. But yeah, follow us on the Scorecrow on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Follow myself at Alex Keeler on Twitter as I've been doing actually a, you know, a bracket, a tournament for the best player, MLB player of all time. I'm down to the Sweet 16 now, which is finishing up today. So if you want to go and on my Twitter, find that, and you'll see it's probably the, it's the first few things uh, are on my page that I've that I retweeted today. So I'll you can go and vote on that. And yeah, it'll be down to the lead to the elite eight today. After after the sweet sixteen is vote is the voting is done for that. I have been doing it for twenty four hours each each round. So yeah, that'll be that'll be still going on, and you can vote on that. And yeah, that's it for this episode. Please make sure you. Check out every other episode we've done. After you have, you know, this downtime, you can go back and listen to the other ones that we've done. And appreciate you giving us reviews. Every review helps. Give a, give us a five star review on, you know, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast. And yeah, and just a reminder, you can never have too much pod talk. <laughs>